When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Olivia Rose and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to another episode of Tobin Tonight. We are joined by the lovely Olivia Rose. Olivia, on a scale of one to ten... How depressed are you on this podcast already? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really digging it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel you. I feel you. It's almost like, <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on. <laughs> All right. Nice or, to meet you. Bye. Yeah, nice to meet you. There you go. Bye. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. So I had a guest on and I don't know if this is a Canadian thing. So I'm in Newfoundland where it's like, I feel mm-hmm. like we get almost like, you know, when things come to Canada, it's like, hey, Send it to Newfoundland now. Now that Canada's done with it, let Newfoundland have it. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I think it's like Omegle or Omegle. Uh, oh, my God. Do you, yeah. do you know of that? I sure do. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the acts we had on, actually, I think it was like one of the ones earlier in June, we made a joke of like basically Zoom and StreamYard and all that. It's like just professional Omegle where like Omegle is kind of like you yeah. don't know who you're getting. And then next minute there could be like, I'm going to sing a song for you. You're like, oh my God, that just makes my day. And then there's uh-huh. a lot of times where you're like, do you know you're on camera? What's going on there? And you're like, oh shit. And then they just exit. And you're like, I remember that yeah. for the rest of my life. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've had some experience with Omegle. Um, it's something that we used to do at sleepovers. But there's some inappropriate people on there that maybe my 14 year old eyes shouldn't have been seeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never had it. Like I look back at it and... I believe it was like when Miley Cyrus had the song Wrecking Ball. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's even dating it a little bit because I don't think it's that old. But then when you mention it to your niece or nephew, they're like, what are you talking about? And then I'm like, <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. But when that first came out, there's, I think there's a YouTube clip of a guy that would do the whole video on Omegle or something. And he dressed up like Miley. And this is a like, clearly he's like, I know what I am. I'm not that great looking. And that's what he did. Was almost oh, like, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And, yeah, then, and then he did one with like, he did another one with like, call me maybe. Yeah. And that one, I, I, I enjoyed it because people who partake <laughs> in it and enjoy it. Great. I love even when like the jocks that kind of do the anti-stereotype where you're like, oh, of course the jock's going to be so offended and annoyed. And then like some of the jocks had this party or whatever. And they joined in. I was like, you are doing the service to yourself because you uh-huh. were basically taking out that stereotype, which I loved. But uh-huh. yeah, there are there's there's pros and cons to everything in life. For sure. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up, because I think when the first thing I think of country music and hopefully people don't get too offended by this. I hope I don't get canceled by the time this gets out. But like I, I obviously think Alberta West. Yeah, it's just well. like, you know. Paul Brandt, Adam Gregory's another one that I Brad think of. Kissel, yeah. yeah. So, so Aaron like, Pritchett, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So tell me where you grew up and how you got into this country music. 
Well, I grew up in Alberta. Obviously, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> to add more to the stereotype, I grew up in a really tiny town in northern Alberta uh, called Elk Point. Um, there's about 1,500 people that live there, probably less now. <laughs> and that's kind of just it. Like country music surrounded me since the time I was little. It's, it's what people enjoyed and listened to in my town and what my family kind of listened to growing up. I, I, I like listening to all kinds of music, but I really, really remember hearing the classics on my grandpa's record player in the kitchen in the living room when I'd be at their house on weekends. And I think that's what got me into the love of country music is the classic storytelling element of it. So when I write my own songs, I really like to take that inspiration of just storytelling because that's what I think is at the base of really good country music. So like when you mentioned about the storytelling aspect, like I'm not trying to put you on the spot because I've got a few examples myself, but like Mm -hmm. give me some that you would listen to on the radio where like your grandparents would be like, man, I really like this artist or like this is the one that you kind of inspired to be because every generation has obviously the ones they look up to, but Mm -hmm. who are you listening to at this point? Yeah, for sure. So some of the older ones would be Dolly Parton, of course, Johnny Cash, Reba, and my newer inspirations are definitely Miranda Lambert, Maren Morris, and Taylor Swift uh, for that storytelling aspect, because come on, how do you not love her? (laughs) She's amazing. (laughs) I was actually going to start this episode with, because again, I know we're kind of pre-recording it, but I feel like podcasting is pretty loose, but I felt like doing this joke of like, you know, uh, Olivia, like, do you feel 22? Because by the time <laughs> this gets aired, you know, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm going to tie in her Taylor Swift love uh-huh. and the fact 22. But then I was like, what about if she's like, no, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it for me. Yeah, no. I mean, I was going to say, oh, oh, by the time this is out, I'm 22, uh, June yeah. 30th. I'm yeah, like, I, I would baby. be, I'm going, actually, I will be the first one to wish you a happy 22nd and if someone Thank says you. that to you i you'll if it's your grandparents or your like dad or mom you'll be like actually this guy on a podcast ruined it for you and then yeah then then they'll call me like, what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing it's my daughter i'd be like i'm sorry it was just rude of me not to uh yeah. well, thank you i do like your examples there like of Reba, like you went way back like dolly parton to me mm-hmm. is a little bit older for me and i'm oh, 29 Right. So like Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash, like I remember listening to Johnny Cash and yes, it was on the radio, but it was like a Tony Hawk game. And I'd had friends around and they were like, man, like, what is this song doing in this game? I'm like, who cares? Like, it's yeah. Well, Johnny I've Cash. even got, I've got my George Strait shirt on right now. This was my mom <laughs> in the 80s. It's got a really cool back. Oh, and nice. She got it on tour or something. But it's yeah, cool. that's, that's, that's another good one that I like storytelling because mm-hmm. Again, you you always find influences from what your parents listen to or grandparents. Like, I don't think I've ever would have stumbled across George Strait, like check yes or no, oh. or or Run because yeah. I loved Run. Those are the two that I listen to if I'm getting ready mm-hmm. to move from, like, say Newfoundland to Ottawa <laughs> or whatever. I'm on like, I, and then people are like, man, you're taking this way too seriously. I'm like, <laughs> such a good song though. Like, how can you not? Yeah, um, I also really love Randy Travis. He's one Randy, that I yeah. remember hearing on the radio quite a bit. And I, I very vividly recall listening to him on cassette tape in our first minivan. Oh, yeah, there um, you go. You just, you just alienated a whole lot of audience right there. They're going to be like, what's a cassette tape? <laughs> what's a cassette tape? No, they're coming back in style. They're selling those little like portable cassette headphone listening things oh, at really? our okay. now. So. Oh, nice. 
I, I know mm-hmm. that for some songs, I think we had, uh, so Paige Rutledge was on and her song mm. was called Broken Record. And I kind of teased her like off the episode where I'm like, do you, do you understand this generation? They're going to be like, what do you mean by record? And then she's like, they're coming back. I'm like, oh, I know. But there's still an age gap that are going to be like, yeah, like me and you, we're just, we're just a broken uh, playlist. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you can't have a broken playlist. What are you talking about? You're not making any sense. Yeah. Like, when Spotify doesn't connect to the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we, we're just not connecting right now. We're a broken connection. It's a broken like, connection. Yeah, yeah, there you, there you go. I would <laughs> love to see Paige have to go through like different yes. generations of lifetime. Be like, okay, Paige, for this audience, this is 30 and over broken record. This one over here is a little bit younger. You might have to switch it up to be a uh, broken playlist, broken mm-hmm. connection. She's like, I don't, how? I'm like, that'd be a good for me to worry about. thing to do. You could do a whole series of that on TikTok, right? Yeah, Dave, there you go. You're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, we'll send it to her after. But no, those are good examples. Like even to me from storytelling side of things, I liked Reba, but I always look at for country. Gareth Brooks was my mm-hmm. big one for me because- as a kid, you're like, oh, I just like the song. But now when I get older and it's like listening to like the Thunder Rolls, I'm like, Ugh. oh, I'm like, that's that's dark, Garth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But in fairness, you have this new, I, I believe like Dolly and Reba are good examples. And I don't want to just, you know, dismiss them. But I feel like when you have your Marion Morris, your mm-hmm. Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert, they're like kind of like badass like mm-hmm. female females and they would probably be the ones to tell you too listen reba was starting it yeah. this person trent like shania twain kind of shania. Gave you an exactly. right but to me that's like a whole new voice like it's funny because my concept of country music used to be like very melatonin or like mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything controversial with music in country but then when these artists started coming out and then like you know what like no don't cheat on me or like don't do this and i'm just like <laughs> Oh shit! Have you you seen those tweets where it's like male country singers, my truck, my beer, my female country singers? I just killed my husband. Oops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was looking at that the other day, and I was like, the first two songs that came to mind was Tim McGraw's "Truck Yeah," which is sad Mm -hmm. because I love Tim McGraw for other music, and then Carrie Underwood's, you know, "Before He Cheats." I was like, I wonder if that was the, the the mindset of the person who created that, where it's like. Like, yeah, a lot of these songs are about truck. Like Luke Bryan to me is almost like that same type. But then if you go the other way, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. fair, fair enough. Those are really good examples. Now, to you, when you're doing country music, because I can see when you said that you have all different genres mixed in, Gold, the song mm-hmm. that you, your recent one, I really liked it. I, I actually came across it on Instagram, which I tell a lot of acts. That's how I'm finding music now, where it's like, you just scroll on Instagram, you're like, cool, NBA highlights, NBA mm-hmm. memes. And then next minute, it's like, wait, 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 what was that song again? Then you're like, oh, no, I lost it. How long do I have to wait? <laughs> yeah, till that's I like on TikTok. Tell me a little bit about like your other influences, because that song to me sounds a little bit more kind of like pop country. In oh, a 100%. Way. Yeah. Um, that song, actually, huge inspirations came from Marin Morris's song, Rich, okay. and that, that kind of whole album. Um, there was a lot of that in there when we were creating the the backing tracks and how the the bass guitar and the lead guitar was kind of going to sound. When I wrote that song, obviously, we just wrote it acoustically, so I didn't have an exact vision for it quite yet. But the really cool thing about working with the producer I worked with on that, uh, Bart McKay, incredible guy, Juno Award winner, CCMA Award winner, he got me to take a day or take a weekend and just listen to a whole bunch of music of all genres 
and write down exactly where in the song and exactly what I liked about that part of the song. So I remember listening to Rich and going, okay, from 31 seconds to 45 seconds, they do this really cool thing with the guitar. And then I sent that all to him and he took a listen to all of it and kind of was able to meld all of that together. And that's how we really got that sound that I was wanting. And it was super cool. But yeah, Rich, Marin Morris, that was a really big inspiration in the production of that song. Yeah, because like when I see even putting out, I guess, like clips on, you know, TikTok or Instagram of it, it's like, okay, there's obviously the country element to it, but like there's always that little like, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I like that because yeah, you, get your, you get your pop country and it's still country-ish, right? Mm-hmm. But like, it's, I like that there's yeah. a little bit of an alternative to that too, where I'm like, okay, like, that's kind of cool. Now, I'm not saying that other Canadian acts don't do it, but I think you're the first one that I kind of came across. I'm like, all right, I can get its country, but at the mm-hmm. same point, it's like if someone put this on like a, a top 20 station that's all music, I'd be like, I can see how people can defend mm-hmm. that because there are times that you'll be like, that's a country song. What's a country song doing on like a pop station? You're like, well, if you really listen to it, yes, there's a country vibe, mm-hmm. but there's instruments or there's parts of it that's poppy. I look totally. at it at the standpoint of, to bring it into Taylor Swift and Shania Twain in a sense, like I was listening to Shania Twain and she was on like a much, a much, I guess it was like much more countdown or whatever, like I, down here. Oh, was yeah, like yeah. And, and I'd have people be like, Oh, it doesn't make sense. Like she's country. I'm like, yeah, but this song is more popular than country. Yeah. hundred like, percent. That's, yeah. That's something that Shania did really, really well. Um, and that's something that's really big in the country world right now is that the lines are so blurred between rock country, pop country, classic country. There's a lot of things that you can call country nowadays. And people were mad at Shania for doing that. Um, And now everybody's doing that. And so that's what I think is, I actually think it's really cool because you can write something and then kind of make it country. I mean, I stick to some pretty like classic, stereotypical country lyrics, I guess, Um, especially with some of my newer writing. But then you add those pop elements in. And I've actually had tons of people listen to my music, go, you know, I don't like country, but I really like that song. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, well, you're a country fan now. It, it's, it, You know what? I want to dissect into that a little bit too, because when you mentioned about Shania Twain and people getting like pissy at her for that, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny to me because I look at the joke way back. It was like Ron White, it was a comedian, and he made the joke of Garth Brooks where it's like he was pretending to be a hick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how do you not like Garth Brooks? It's like he's country. <laughs> And he's rock and roll. Like, mm-hmm. and he's like, you get the best of both worlds. I'm like, okay, so you're going to praise Garth for that. But I get it. It's an American, it's kind of a more of American audience, but like, how can you be mad at Shania for doing the same thing? Oh. And, and then, and then like to bring it full circle to be like, Hey, don't point the finger. I used to get mad at Taylor Swift. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I liked our song. I liked I liked country your country. Taylor. Like, yeah. I liked country Taylor. And I was like sitting there at like, I guess it was like 15 or 16 and people are looking around like, you're you're weird. Because I'm just like, she's going to be like the next Faith Hill. Bet your money on that. She's going to be the next Faith. And they're like, Brian, just ease, relax. We just want to yeah. listen to the song. And I'm just like dissecting like, ooh, like she's going to make a lot of money in country music. And then the next minute she just goes red. She goes mm-hmm. pop. Red. And I'm like, you had it. This was your this was your playing field. Why did but you hey, do this? Look at and her then she, she obviously proved us all wrong because she dominated yeah. that. And then she's back like... She's the best of both in the sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now she's doing book. Focus yeah, yeah. Like, there are still cool. people out there that are probably like, I hate Taylor Swift. I'm like, you know what? I did 
for a time I was mad. I was upset with Taylor, but I've gotten over it. I've gotten to the point where I don't think Taylor's going to give a shit if I was like, yeah, I was mad at you, Taylor. She's like, cool. Here's my bank account. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I can see where you're going, Taylor. <laughs> anybody says that they, if, if anybody says they hate Taylor Swift, I'm like, seriously, just listen to folklore. And how can you hate that? Like, yeah. it's genius. And her yeah. lyricism is genius. And she is the freaking music business. Like, she is such a smart businesswoman. She's insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's the thing, the, the part that, again, when you're younger, you're probably like, you all got to grow up through the industry too. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people out there that were like, with Miley Cyrus, it's like one minute she's kind of like crazy. Next <laughs> minute she's doing like, oh, things with Dolly Parton. And then she goes back to being somewhat crazy and you're like mm-hmm. why, why are you miley it's like she's entertaining she's Ooh, good rock album, leave, it, leave it at that don't her worry rock about album is insane. <laughs> yeah don't don't worry about her personal listen <laughs> did you love hannah montana absolutely did you like a few of Miley's songs yes do you like her country like yeah and then it's like well then what's wrong with you it's like I, you're right you just you just do therapy for me yeah those are like a few acts that i thought were very entertaining and i could see where when you mentioned about mary morris same thing but tell me a little bit about i guess the first time you picked up a guitar or you found out like okay this is what i want to do for a living because mm-hmm. you're what you're well at this point by the time it comes out like we made the joke it's going to be 22 mm-hmm. so that's still a young age like at 22 i was probably like do i want to be a comedian do i want to do this do i really want to go to university and then people like stop popping your head just figure it out <laughs> yeah um so like I said I, I grew up kind of surrounded by music but nobody in my family played an instrument or sang or anything like that but being the youngest of five daughters I was a very dramatic kid and I loved being the center of attention when I was little <laughs> I would make everyone stop and listen to me sing Little Mermaid <laughs> I was in gymnastics and music lessons and choir and so I just kind of found a love for performing, I guess. And my wonderful, wonderful parents really nurtured that and and gave me every opportunity that they could from being from a small town. And I started writing little songs when I was younger. And then the reason I got a guitar was because I was getting frustrated trying to write these songs and then not being able to sing them, like perform them or like figure out where to go. I did take piano lessons, but I wasn't really into it. (laughs) But uh, I got my very first guitar on, I think it was my 11th Christmas. And it was a gorgeous Art and Lou 3 guitar, Canadian made. I started learning the basic chords using YouTube and also using my uh, vocal instructor who knew like the basic chords. And so um, they taught me that. And then it kind of just turned into songwriting with the guitar. And then now I play guitar all the time, <laughs> obviously. And yeah, I love it. This one is actually my my baby. This isn't the original one that I got, but this is a Taylor 910. And it's okay. gorgeous custom with all the, the mother of pearl inlay. And her name's Pearl. <laughs> nice, nice. I was going to ask you, because when you just mentioned about that, your guitar there, mm-hmm. like when people do... I guess, custom-made stuff for to kind of stand themselves out. Like, I know, I'm just trying to think if it was, I think it was Paige. Like, Paige had a glittery guitar in one of her intros or, like, mm-hmm. one of her things. But, like, I, I guess it's kind of a, a weird way of putting it. But, like, do you ever think about doing that for, like, a guitar? Like, if it was, like, oh, I want to go out and buy. Like, because if I was really musical, to kind of, like, make yourself a little bit distinctive or sometimes just for your own personal being, like, Oh, yeah. I look at blue guitars. I'm not even musical. And I'm just yeah. like, man, those blue guitars look sick. I want a navy blue guitar. And they're like, why? I'm like, because it's different. 
100%. There's this guitar that I've had my eye on and it's a smaller guitar. I forget what those are called. They're like amphitheater guitars or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a smaller guitar and it's it's an antique white and it's like oh, nice. gorgeous. And I just saw that Megan Patrick has it. So that was pretty cool. She posted it on her Instagram and I was like, that's the guitar I want. But then, yeah, I also saw like Tennille Arts and, and uh, I guess Paige doing the, the glitter guitar where you yeah. custom make it. I had that idea like years and years and years ago but it was before I had any money to do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's just, I want to do that. Different, it's like, it's just a different way of kind of like marketing and stuff. Cause I know when we had mm-hmm. so Kel- like Kelsey Kulik on, she had like, when you go back to look at some of her early stuff, she does, I think I'm just trying to remember it was vice versa, but I know she had like the cowboy hat on. And then for her like earlier stuff, she didn't have it. And I, and I had a picture up of like, Oh, we're going to advertise your uh, episode. She's like, that's a that's an old per- picture. Do you mind putting this one? I'm like, okay, I can see mm-hmm. what she's doing. Like, she's trying to market it as like, when you think of me, remember that I'm the one with the hat, or I'm the one with For this. Sure. One. Like, okay, that's that's fair. Like, do you ever think about that kind of stuff with your marketing? Not trying to put you on yeah. the spot. Like, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, I do have two hats that I'm obsessed with, and people do say like, anytime I post a picture in them yeah. or I post a video, people are like, oh, the classic hat, the classic Olivia oh, nice. hat, because I have a pink one and I have a brown one, and even my uh, public uh, manager was like, you should wear your hat more in your in your videos so that it's kind of more of a thing, and I'm like, yeah, I yeah. totally should. But um, I've always wanted a pink guitar. I think that would be really, really cool. In my Put It Like That music video, so the the, the song that I released before Gold, um, I get to play this gorgeous, sparkly uh, Gretsch guitar. And it was like a dream. <laughs> it wasn't my guitar. It was it was uh, borrowed from a friend. But if I could have that on stage, oh, man, that would be <laughs> yeah. very I feel cool. Like, I feel like when you said Megan Patrick has the guitar you want, there's like a little, there's like the friendly Instagram exchange for everyone to see where it's like, oh, yeah. like that's a cool guitar. I love it. And then in the side message is like, you listen here, you little ass. I want that guitar. <laughs> and then she's just like, you can have it. Relax. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, because I just find it interesting because like, again, every artist has like a distinctive feature or something that sometimes makes them stand out. Like I look back at so in the 90s, like, yes, Shania Twain has being Shania. But when you look at who Shania compared against in case of Canadian music sense, it was like Terry Clark. But I knew Terry Clark's voice compared to Shania's. But Terry Clark always had the cowboy hat. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. Like I haven't seen a female country singer with a cowboy hat until now now yeah. I, I grew up watching wrestling so i was like oh look it's like it's like trish stratus and it's like no <laughs> that is terry clark i was like you're right you're right what am i doing yeah and like taylor swift in her country era she had the curly curly hair yeah. and 13 on her hands yeah and even with like fearless and stuff when she wrote all the lyrics on her arms it was, yeah it's really cool it's, it's very interesting to think of different things to make you stand out. Yeah. And like, even to bring it back to that kind of point, it's like nineties music to me in country was always like to be a country singer. It's almost like it's, it's kind of like a joke in the sense of not in a mean one, but it's like you'd watch a countdown and you could have it on mute. And then you'd see, you know, a male artist with a cowboy hat. You're like country music right there. Country artist. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Cowboy hat, Garth, Tim, Alan, you name it. Cowboy hat. But now it's almost like you can turn it on. It's like you have a Keith Urban, Florida Georgia Line, Rascal Flats, Dan and Shay. I'm like, where's your cowboy hat? Where's your cowboy? <laughs> What's going on? They're like, we don't well, need it anymore. 
We, yeah. we ditch the system. We don't need that. It's like, and then you just see like the lonely cowboy hats in the back where it's like, no one's coming in to buy a cowboy hat anymore. It's just <laughs> not in stock anymore. I'm like, oh, it's kind of sad, but I'll, I'll relative. Cause like you said earlier, it's intertwined. Like I feel like when Keith Urban and Rascal Flats kind of came on the scene, they inspired another generation of artists where it's like, oh, like I don't necessarily have to be all country all the mm-hmm. time. It can be kind of pop yeah. country. And you have Florida Georgia Line, Thomas Rhett that are like continuing on this path. And I was like, wow, like it's just interesting to me because there was one point of time where it was like a Nelly and Tim McGraw crossover. I'm like, man, that's that's it. We've done it. We've achieved it. We've achieved a crossover. But now that's it's almost right. like I wouldn't be totally surprised if I seen like Halsey team up with Rascal Flats or Tim McGraw. Yeah, team well, with like, you know, I don't think it was Halsey, but who just performed with Kelsey Baller? Oh no, Kelsey Kelsey Ballerini is going on tour with uh, the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. So that's cool. And to to be fair, though, with Kelsey Ballerini, it's like I before I even knew her as country, she was like doing things with like the chain smokers. And I was just still like, oh, I was like, okay. Like there's a a song that she's like featured in with the chain smoker. I was like, she's going to be great in pop music. She's going to be. And then it's like, she's actually country. I'm like, all right, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get, before we move on too much, uh, speaking of statement pieces. Oh. There you go. My, my mom was listening <laughs> to our little <laughs> conversation here, and she brought these out to show. Yeah, she um, like so snuck. She like did, she like did the ninja thing where she was actually in the background. She like dove over the the, the couch. She's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these are pretty cool. Um, I've only gotten to wear them on stage once because I had a a live stream thing. Um, but I can't wait to wear them like with a full band. Could you imagine that on stage? Yeah. Oh. I feel so like cool. I feel like there'll be like you know cars and traffic being like where whoa where's that <laughs> light coming from it's like it's yeah. like you just see it on like you know global Edmonton where it's like do 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 it's like a uh, concert got postponed because Olivia Rose was wearing too much glitter on stage twenty two like, year old Olivia Rose <laughs> caused this eight person crash yeah yeah <laughs> everyone's fine they enjoyed the concert and they said they wouldn't sue you're just like. That's that's all that matters to me. It's like they enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny because like when I was younger and I was performing and trying to figure out who I was as a musician and an artist, I would have hated this. I would have been like, "Ew, that's too girly," and yeah. I don't like it. I used to be one of those girls that was like, "I hate pink," and now <laughs> pink is my favorite color. It's so funny because my very first single release when I was fourteen years old was a song called Makeup to Mud. And it's about a girl who doesn't mind getting all dressed up and putting on the makeup and, and doing the glitter, but also loves to go uh, fishing and mudding and, and quadding. And that's still so much me. And so I'm kind of glad I came into that. I don't know what I was thinking when I was like 12 and 13, trying to be like indie and like cool, like ew, girl. We're, like, we're all like that. It's just growing ever. up. But I, I, I tell this story on another episode, but it was like when I was younger, I was really into like the band Reliant K and I like, I wasn't like heavily into emo music, but like, I liked it too enough where it's like, Oh, like, yeah, it's a little <laughs> different. It's like, you know, you had the punk emo where it's like, okay, we got simple plan. Some 41. Oh, uh, yeah. The all American rejects all time low. I'm like, man, they get me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm going to come up with my own band. And then it's like, okay, well, what are you going to call them? Like, I like the color blue and like, I like that. <laughs> So let's call it bless. Oh, yeah, and then bless. Just, yeah, and then they, and then like I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Let's make a Pixel website and let's do this. And then I'm like, one problem: you don't f- 
perform. You don't sing. You don't know how to play instruments. I'm like, all right, well, I'll find people who can, then I'll manage them. And it's like, you know, they're just going to become better and they won't need <laughs> you. And I'm like, oh, man. So that was like my moment. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, Love it's like, it. this is going to be dark. And then mm-hmm. when I came to realize the type of music I actually enjoyed, you'd go to a Bleth concert thinking it's going to be like Kiss or something. And it's like, it's like I had a unicorn. And then they're like, <laughs> I did not come to see this. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's all, I guess, growing up and figuring it out because I like, I think I like to torment people on this podcast when I'm like, okay, well, if you started writing at 14 or 12, like, what are you writing now about at 14 or 12 compared to what you're writing about at 22? Because mm-hmm. it's a really intriguing question. It's not to like really make fun of people, but like, okay, at 12, can you mm-hmm. write about heartbreak at 12? Like, what is exactly. your heartbreak at 12? <laughs> no, 100%. So like when I used to um, figure out like covers to sing and stuff, my mom would help me pick my covers when I was like 11, 10, 11, yeah. 12. Because if I wanted to sing this this heartbreak song about like leaving your lover, she'd be like, you don't have any experience <laughs> with that. Maybe you should sing something else. Yeah. And I was like, ah, whatever, mom. But, <laughs> but yeah, I guess um, something that Taylor Swift uh, said about when she was writing that young um, was she took inspiration from movies and books and TV shows. Um, yeah. And I think I did that as well. But I tried, I guess I tried writing about my own life with my song Makeup to Mud. That was how I felt as a young girl. And then I, my next single that came out was called Hometown Sundowns. And it was about, I, I wrote it a year after I moved away from my hometown. Okay. And that song is about going home to your hometown and, and remembering all those great memories. And so that's something that was very relevant in my life. And I guess it wasn't until I started getting a little bit older that I started writing about those really sad breakup songs and, and the really lovey-dovey songs like Gold. And now my writing has transitioned even more into storytelling where I, I take a character and I put them into a situation and write about that. Yeah, like I, I always think it's interesting because, uh, again, we've had, say, Axon that will debate me of like, you know, like how don't don't be an ageist or don't say like you can't go through a heartbreak. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's, that's fair. It's just that I'm like, you you do have to understand that over time you're going to get more deeper relationships or like your songs are going to be different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, listening to say Alanis Morissette at say 30 or like whatever, how old she was when Jagged Little Pill came out or whatever, like mm-hmm. that's ironic, you know, you ought to know sounds a little bit more, you know, like, okay, extreme. Maybe if she's 28 compared to mm-hmm. a 10 year old singing it. Cause it's like, you know, if she wrote it at 10, I'd be like, okay, whoa, what's on the go with a 10 year old. But like, if you're 28, wow. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you've gone through some stuff that you're just trying to get out, right? Like, in fairness, I guess to make it a little bit more relatable, it's like, you know, F-150 with Robin Avellini or like Mm -hmm. her latest songs. It's like, all right, she's at that moment or she's at that peak in her life where it's like, okay, there are young girls out there or guys that are listening to this and be like, oh, yeah, I can totally relate to this. Mm -hmm. Compared to if she wrote it maybe when she was five or six, you're like, okay, really? Like, what's going on? I'm like, what's your, oh, did the boyfriend forget to hold your hand at recess? Like, mm-hmm. come on. So, yeah, there's a relatability factor, but there are people out there like, how dare you tell an eight-year-old that they don't yeah. feel pain? I'm like, no, they feel pain. It's just that I don't expect them to be like over the moon with pain. Yeah, they express it differently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, definitely express yeah. differently. Now, during COVID, because technically we're still in COVID, mm-hmm. I mean, things are getting better, but like, how have you kept yourself busy? And this is an interesting question I like to ask Axe because 
Some of them have been like, oh, well, I've done live streams and that's mm-hmm. kept my fan base going. Some of like, I, I just couldn't get the energy. He's like, they're like, yeah, I'm drained. So what were you? Were you in between? <laughs> yeah, my energy definitely came in waves throughout uh, the pandemic. There were some days and some weeks that I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm going to use this time to get everything in line and I'm going to I'm gonna do all this stuff. And then other days where I was just like, oh my God, I can't do anything. <laughs> I'm just going to lay in bed. But one really good thing that has come out of this for me is I've been songwriting every single day for, I guess, truly every single day for the past four-ish months and then like at least three times a week since maybe uh, six months into the pandemic. And that has seriously helped me with my songwriting abilities and the relationships I've made through songwriting. I'm writing with really, really awesome people and I'm writing really, really awesome songs now. And that's one really good thing that came out of it. I didn't quite have enough energy before to be able to write that much. And now I look forward to those writes because it's a, I get to take a time out of the day and, and just be creative. Like not have to worry about taxes and worrying about my website and and my my grant forms and stuff like that. It's just a, a relaxation time for me, which has been really, really great because I didn't used to have that healthy of a, of a relationship with songwriting. It used to be a stress factor for me. And now it, it makes me feel like there's a reason why I'm doing this, a reason why yeah. I'm a musician and an artist. And it's been, it's been really great. But yeah, so I've been doing that. But I've also just been like re-watching all my old TV shows that I love. Um, I'm currently re-watching Walking Dead, so that's fun. Okay. I've probably watched Harry Potter like another 10 times. Um, and I've perfected my pad thai recipe. Oh, That's nice. what I've been doing. Okay, so, so you, you, like, you just like took my answer and was just like, I don't even want to tell you my answer now. It's like, <laughs> it's not like you did a lot where I was just like, all right, this is COVID. I think at the beginning of COVID, like a lot of artists, you know, not that I'm the musical side, but I was like, oh, well, like, mm-hmm. why do I want to continue doing a podcast? I'm like, who's going to come on and what are they going to promote? I'm like, and then there's like the double-edged side of me that's like, well, now it's the perfect time to get them because they're going to want to yeah i'm still here i'm still here don't worry i'm still here and i'm like you're right you're still here don't worry don't panic um so i was like okay let's do that and then that kind of went well but at the same point i started just watching like i'm big on sitcoms so i was Mm. like let's watch saved by the bell again let's watch the college (laughs) years uh and then it was a little bit depressing because of course with the history of dustin diamond obviously but i was like when he passed away i was like man like crap like i'm i'm really in the middle of watching something from my childhood and i think that was there have obviously been others that passed away but i think to me that one kind of hit because i'm like mm-hmm. oh man like now if saved by the bell comes on tv it's like i know you're not here anymore like i know yeah like, that's it's hard yeah like it's all like watching like, harry potter with alan rickman and and yeah. uh, what's his name plays dumbledore and and now mrs malfoy what's her first name she she just passed away like a month ago and i'm like oh yeah, like it's yeah. interesting that you mentioned, like, uh, of course, Harry Potter, because, like, how big of a Harry Potter fan are you? Huge. You could ask me any question and I will know the answer, books or movie. I, I feel like I would, but my my version of Harry Potter is I went to see the first movie with my dad, and mm-hmm. my dad, I looked over and it was like one of the maybe like five, 10 minutes in, and I thought this was like the coolest shit in the world. Mm-hmm. I looked over and he is passed out asleep. And I was like, <laughs> you, I was like you ruined this for me. It's like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. But, 
my niece kind of really likes it. She has a Harry Potter blanket upstairs. So like, nice. I'm sure there's going to be a point where she's going to bully me into watching one. I'm like, do you realize how long you these are? To. You have to. <laughs> I'll just be like, hey, Olivia, um, we're not doing an interview, but uh, I got a niece. She'll watch a, <laughs> she'll watch Harry Potter with you. <laughs> awesome. I'm down. I literally, I even now listen to Harry Potter audiobook every night to fall asleep. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's dedication. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I, I listen to like people play video games to help me fall asleep. <laughs> How is that <laughs> relaxing? <laughs> I, it's, it's games I played. So I like just listening to like, I, I feel like it's a nostalgia of when mm. you remember playing these games. So then you right. see their excitement and then you're like, oh, you guys are excited to play this game. Yeah, then, no, I get, I, okay. I get that. Um, I really like the game, um, The Last of Us by Naughty oh, Dog. Have you ever okay. played that? I've heard of it. I'm, I'm, I haven't okay. played it. It's very amazing. And I've watched playthroughs of it on YouTube. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. We are like a generation that I feel like there's a younger generation that obviously that's all they do is watch playthroughs. And they're just mm-hmm. like, I like watching this person. I'm like, but I like watching them because it brings you back to your time of watching it or like mm-hmm. you're playing it. And there's a part of me that's sad because they're like, why don't you just call up your friends and do that? I'm like, I would, but I'm here. <laughs> they're there. That person's here over here. It's like, it's not working. It's like, well, there's online. I'm like, no, don't talk to me about online. Like, I don't want to play. Yeah, well, there's like Discord and Twitch. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I want to but... in person. There's a difference of in-person conversation. <laughs> I'm like enjoying it compared to like through StreamYard and Skype and all, yeah. or like whatever. But to get into a little bit more in the music side of things again, now with Gold Out, because that's been out since what, February, I believe? Yeah, I released it for Valentine's Day weekend. Nice, nice. Now, how have you found the interaction? Like, what was your, I guess, goal for it? I was trying to go gold. I was like, what about if she doesn't understand me? Uh, But like, what was your goal for it? How have you found it like doing? Because I've read that's doing well. And I've seen when you're posting things online, like, I remember when you first released it and I was like, so weird worried when I watched the video at first, cause you were popping like a champagne, like she's that's really close. Like, I hope that doesn't get her in the eye. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I did that in my shower actually <laughs> so everywhere. Uh, that was really fun, <laughs> but it's been, it's been really great. This song was actually recorded at the same time as my last one. And that one was released like a year ago or two years now, I guess. So it was supposed to be released uh, last summer, the summer before last summer, because it was supposed to be before COVID, but then COVID hit. And then all of the plans for it kind of went down the drain. I was supposed to do a music video and also go on tour in Ontario uh, for a radio tour and a promotional tour, because I've had tons of radio support down there, which has been Nice. Amazing. And then COVID hit. Unfortunately, that ruined everybody's plans, not just mine. But uh, I kind of had to reassess the situation and kind of see how I wanted to to release that song. And so we did really just uh, an online thing, which I'm not used to. I've done a radio tour for every one of my singles in the past. So it's a new experience for me, for sure. I've hit one big goal is to get it back on to uh, Sirius XM and CBC Country Radio Station. My song, Put It Like That, was is, is still playing on there, I believe. And I really wanted to get gold on there as well. And it, it's, it's officially playing on there. So that's really awesome because I've had so many people like listening to Sirius send me videos and pictures. So that's really, really great. And uh, I don't know, it's it's still sometimes it takes a while to get the ball rolling on stuff. Like, unfortunately, it didn't make a Spotify editorial playlist, which is odd, because my last single made yeah. like seven, uh, five or six editorial playlists. And so 
there's only so much you can do with the, yeah. that kind of thing. It, it kind of becomes out of your hands, but it's been really great. I've been putting a little bit more of my attention towards what I have coming up rather than really, really, really pushing that song. Um, Cause I believe that uh, some of the stuff that I have coming up is way more true to true, true to um, kind of where I'm going and little sneak peek. I may or may not be writing an album right now. So yeah, so it's been, it's been really fun. So I've been focusing on a lot of that, but also people are loving it and that's really, really wonderful. Uh, We did a really cool lyric video for it, which was a great alternative to recording a true music video. That was really fun. And yeah, people really love it. So it's great. I feel like it's like, you know, when you're first starting off or you're like first trying to get some exposure, like, yeah, lyric videos are great because people go to YouTube and they just like, mm-hmm. listen to it. I'm like, okay, I can like listen to lyrics. I'm like when we were younger, we didn't have lyric videos. Like, you know, we, we had to like watch a Backstreet Boys video and be like, I, I think I got the words right this time. It's like, well, crap. It's not going to be on until like another five hours. Yeah, All right, we'll, we'll meet back here in five hours and we'll figure out the rest of the words. And that's Great. when you go buy the CD and take the take the booklet out yeah, of the we CD. That's smart, man. We weren't that smart. Like I'm sure we had. I'm sure we would have had the CD in our back pocket, and they were like, "No, we have to watch the music video, and then we're gonna." It's like, but Keith, no, shut up, Keith. Like you had your input for the day. It's like, <laughs> and then he like tells you five hours later. It's like it's in the book, guys. Keith, why didn't you speak up earlier? It's like you told me to yeah. shut up. Like, and when did you start listening to me? <laughs> Um, I remember doing that all the time with like Pink and Avril Lavigne and all those CDs, um, just like spending hours just looking, reading the lyrics and listening to the song. (laughs) I always thought it was like cool, like, you know, going out and getting the CD was one thing, but it was almost like your own mini mashup where I'm sure today's crowd would call it a Spotify playlist or whatever, but downloading certain songs on LimeWire, infecting your computer for life. But like at the same point, you're like, you put all these songs in your own CD. It's like, yeah, it's like, so you got a pink CD. You got to ever love burning CDs. It's like, I've got all those artists on this mixtape I made last night at like 1030. And my brother had to make it for me and he had to do everything, (laughs) but he's so cool. So there you go. And then like three days later, another song comes out. You're like, you're like, are you, you kidding me? Oh. <laughs> I have to make another playlist now. Yeah. Like, no, um, yeah. I loved burning CDs. And um, obviously, I'm only 21. Well, I'll be 22. So yeah, I was born yeah. in 1999. So I'm, <laughs> people still see me as that like newer generation. They're like, you don't know what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. But I'm lucky for having four older sisters who I like to say were kind of stuck in the 90s a little bit because um, I got a lot of that culture from them. Yeah. <laughs> and so, culture, that's yeah, to adapt. totally. So burning CDs, listening to cassettes and, and, and records and, and all that kind of stuff was very ingrained in my childhood. Yeah, like I feel like, so I, I guess hopefully it's not stepping out of line or maybe you'll get the example. If it's not, I'm going to be like, oh, this is so awkward. But like <laughs> to me, I went out and got like the first, I think it was like Backstreet Boys CD from my cousin and like she, right. she rented it to me. And that's why I used to listen to it at night. Just put it in the CD player, listen to it at night. But I feel like that's my go-to of first memory of music forever. But that's also my first like kind of CD. But I feel like there's a generation out there now and it could be like your generation, maybe a little bit older, but or yeah, yeah older. Yeah. Like, uh, when iPod, like the iPod commercials came out and they had the iPod Nano and then you had, I think it's like Feast 1, 2, 3 or like 1, 2, mm-hmm. 3, 4. And like that, 
I feel like there's someone out there that's like, that's my first memory of music where it's not like, it's yeah, not like I had an iPod Nano and this was the, this song came on the iPod Nano and I knew it. And I'm like, yeah, I remember those commercials. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, I think I had a pretty cool childhood with the kind of the growing up of, of those, that technology with music. Yeah. Um, because I do remember having my Walkman and I do remember my first CD player and, and holding CDs. But then I remember my first iPod and then my iPod Nano. And then I got an iPod Touch, and then I got the iPhone Five. Like oh, yeah. between that, I had a Kibo flip phone. But oh, like yeah. it was pretty cool because I still got those experiences that I remember. Um, yeah. And then to now seeing like what what it is now, um, which is insane. Yeah. But uh, that's why I do love having four older sisters to kind of well, get that experience. Like if you're an only child or if you're the oldest, it's like you have to be the one that kind of mm-hmm. passes it down. But like I have two older brothers that are like 10 and 12 years older. So I get a little bit mixed of the 80s and then the early <laughs> 90s stuff that's like I was I was born in 91. So of course I'm not around for like the pre say Backstreet Boys and Sync stuff, but they were. So then that's mm-hmm. when you get like the Oasis, the Goo Goo Dolls. And I'm like, oh, like, yeah, cool. like, like I like this stuff too. But I, I don't think I would have been influenced by it. If totally. it wasn't an older generation that's like, sometimes, hey. Yeah, sometimes I'm hanging out with people and I'm like, oh, this song. And they're like, yeah. uh, and I'm like, you don't know this song? Yeah. It's the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, and yeah. They're like, it's like Lisa no. Loeb's Day. I think my brother used to listen oh, to yeah. it all the time in the shower. But only for that. <laughs> I, I probably would have seen it on a countdown and be like, mm-hmm. not interested. But hearing it enough times where it's like, I, I can't go into the shower and be like, can you turn that off? It's like, I yeah. have to go out and be like, okay. I'm going to digest it and remember it. Like there's one that I think of like, yeah, Celine Dion. I, I feel like I would know Celine Dion, but just not to the level that I do because yeah. my brother listened to it. And I feel like I should say brother. Cause my other brother would be like, Hey, listen, don't put me in that bracket. I didn't listen to Celine Dion. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's the exposure point of view of it all. But like, I think it's interesting when you're mentioning about having your like first iPhone, I feel like, and your first flip phone, like, to me, I used to have this phone that my brother had passed down, and it was mm-hmm. just a flip phone, but two two ringtones. It was Hockey Night in Canada and Oh Canada. I'm like, man, this is so sad. <laughs> Someone calls me, it's like, oh, I'm, and like, is that the mayor or is that the prime minister? I'm like, no, I only have yeah, two ringtones. Ringtone. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember playing like on my. I had a Kibo, so it was like not a traditional flip phone. It was like did yeah. this and had a keyboard on it. Okay, and I, I do remember not wanting to download ringtones and pay for them so i would i would record oh, yeah. them from from youtube or whatever and there, put them on. <laughs> there used to be like an app that was like called uh like ringtone maker or something and like you would just take your sound or like take a song you make a 15 or 30 minute clip right. and be like this is great like i didn't pay for it i'm making i'm making like a lot of these ringtones and then people are like but you don't get a lot of calls and like so people get annoyed because they used to just put it for text message so mm-hmm. every time a text message came, like, you'd hear, the whole like, song. yeah you'd hear like fallout boys thanks for the memory they're like can you just let it vibrate <laughs> and now i feel like someone had put it up on instagram and i think you'll scroll you'll see it if you haven't and now that you i've said it you'll definitely mm-hmm. see oh it. yeah it's yeah where it's like I remember when I was a kid and I used to like pick out ringtones for like my phone. Like I used to pick out like 50 ringtones. It's like, now I let everything go to vibrate. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Like some of phones now or texts. I'm like, man, if it goes on a ringtone, I'm like, how did that get set up? <laughs> like, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure the only ringtone I've ever bought was the Kim possible. Like oh. text sound. <laughs> there you go. I bought that in like grade 10. Cause I thought it was so cool. I mean, come on! Like, it's still it's still it. cool today. I would love to have 
like on my phone on my iPhone here now, even though I'd, I'd have to go back in that time frame of wanting to listen to ringtones. But I would love to have like a Boy Meets World theme, a mm-hmm. Kim Possible, like the Weekenders, and people be like, mm-hmm. "Well, how old are you?" I'm like, "Shut up, you know it's cool." <laughs> don't don't you don't you try to act like you're tough around me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those yeah. Would be, yeah those would be ones I think like my first one. I probably think that I really really want if it had to be like just say Disney or whatever recess mm-hmm. people would be like be like where's that song coming from like uh, i, I don't know. love that show <laughs> good, yeah. good show when you were saying about the song gold and how it was mm-hmm. kind of postponed like take me through that process i'm not trying to pinch a nerve here or anything but like again two years i believe you said that you're waiting for it or two summers like how like how did you manage because I'm, I'm sure was there a label was there someone telling you don't release it or were you just kind of trying to judge it because I can imagine if someone's telling you, actually, Olivia, um, we're not going to release it right now. You're mm-hmm. like, you're like, come here, I'm going to choke you. <laughs> and no, it's it was all me. Um, I don't have a label. I don't currently have a manager. Doing it all, so pretty why, much. Why did you postpone it that long? <laughs> well, I was waiting to see if there was a possibility to go back on tour with it or anything yeah. like that. And then I kind of just had to rethink the whole like the whole release like you had to yeah. I had to think of things to post for it which obviously I would but I would have been able to create those things through the m- music video and through yeah. touring it and stuff but I don't know I kind of just waited until I felt the time was right I didn't just want to freak out and just put it out there without any planning whatsoever I really wanted to release it in the summertime but then the, the summer had passed and I hadn't released it. Then I was sitting and talking uh, with with my mother and uh, my PR manager, and we were like, "Wouldn't that wouldn't it be fun to make it a, a Valentine's Day release? It's it's such a cute love song, and that that could be a really fun key part of the release." And so we planned it all out for Valentine's Day weekend, and that was cute. So uh, that made me really happy, and. It's also a very happy song, and so I'm glad I released it at the time that I did because I think everybody was kind of in a dip from pandemic. We were just going into, we're just coming out of winter, and so everyone was like, meh, gross, (laughs) seasonal depression. (laughs) And so I wanted to put something happy into the world, and I think I did that. And yeah, it was tough to make that call to wait on it because even before you, you start the release, you've probably already had that song like in the works for one, two years since the time of of conception of songwriting it. It does take a long time, but patience is key in this industry. You can't, you can't rush things and expect anything to really come back to you if you don't have that plan and that patience behind it. Yeah. Hold on. Let me mark that down. Patience. (laughs) No, I was going to say, because like, I, I don't know if this is patience or if this is just like, being insane but i don't know if you can see it but I, i'm gonna try yeah because introverted here but like on this side let's see if like oh man it's not good i'll just do it this way so christmas oh, yeah. i still have christmas lights up because nice. <laughs> like there's i i always get like i put them up say november ish and then like because i want to mm-hmm. have it last i don't want to just put yeah. it up on december 20th and then take them down so no way but this this year around i was like i really don't want to take them down I don't because it's COVID. And I was like, man, what happens if we have like snowstorms and just to make a, a, I don't know, like a comfortable mood? Like, who is this mood for? It's like, oh, it's only for me. For it's you. Not like oh yeah. my God, I love doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like if there's a snowstorm outside and it's like, okay, well, like 
you know, you're not going anywhere. And then you're almost like debating like, oh, I wish I had like something to make my room cool. I'm like, well, I'm going to just keep these lights up. So I'm going to make you feel a little bit better. I had my Christmas tree up until end of February this year. Oh, well, I, mean, oh. Yeah, like, I, I feel like I would, <laughs> I would I would love to be at your place where it's just like, hey, we still have our Christmas tree up. And they'd be like, yeah, a little bit weird. Right. I'm like, screw you. It's like, it's great. I mean, I knew I was moving and I was like, ugh. I'll just take it down like when I'm starting to pack and <laughs> so I just I just continued to celebrate Christmas until um I guess early March. <laughs> so just to kind of close out the interview, Olivia, uh we've got one last game here. I want to play a game of firsts. Oh, okay. So uh let's start with do you remember the first concert you ever went to? First concert I ever went to was What's their name? They're a boy band. <laughs> it wasn't One Direction. I wish it was. I can't remember their name right now. I will okay. give you some boy bands' names. Was it Backstreet Boys? NSYNC? No. One Direction? No. New Kids on the Block? No. No. Oh no. Oh, can I suck think, at these names. What, what was the song? <laughs> um, Something tells me they're not as famous right now. <laughs> no, they are. I just can't remember. Is that the oh, Jonas no, it wasn't the Jonas Brothers. It's like, is it a boy band or is it just a one guy that has a weird, it has, it's, like, it's like a band name. Oh, God. I'm just like literally was blanking it, it, on the was spot. Was it Owl City? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even think of a song. Okay, next one. Sorry. Okay. No, no, that's fine. So uh, give me your, I guess, the first album or first CD you ever got. I recall it being um, Pink's first album. It's like the one where she's laying on a couch and she's like this, and it's like spray pink, pink behind her. Okay. Do I you remember like, the song of that album that you remember? Uh, yeah. I'm coming up oh. so you get it with this party started. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I don't know if it would be on the same CD, but was it like was Pill on that one as well? Or yeah. Was it, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay, I remember that because that's like one of the ones where it's like. As you get older, I feel like 90s kids are like, you know what you are? You're just like a pill. You're, You're making pill. me ill. And I'm just like, I'm like, I hate you, Pink. I, hate you. Um, <laughs> I know. I can't believe like little six-year-old me was sitting in my pink bedroom with my pink Hello Kitty CD player listening to those songs. <laughs> yeah. They were like for, you know what? It's like, it's great to see her evolve and keep relevance, obviously. But like, to me, it's almost like at that point, it's like you had Eminem. And it's like mm-hmm. for people that were like grungy, mad at the world, it's like, there's your girl, there's Pink. Mm-hmm. It's like you Pink. have Britney, you have Christina that are like, we are great, we're Disney. And then it's like Pink's mm-hmm. like, I was never Disney and yeah, I'm mad. And that's the world. Yeah, and then you're just mm-hmm. like, I can relate to you, Pink, but uh, I'm also relating to Britney over here as well. Okay. The first kind of sour candy or candy that you enjoyed, and you might still enjoy to this day. Hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody ever really enjoyed Warheads. But I, oh, well, we <laughs> oh, found the exception. Oh, this is <laughs> I, I do remember, like, doing the competitions in elementary school, like, trying to hold in your mouth for as long as you can. Um, but I think the first sour candy I really liked was uh, the sour juicy drop pops. Okay. Where it's like you get the, the thing and you squirt the stuff on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Those are I good. I like that you mentioned the challenge because it's, it's funny that I think I've mentioned this in another interview as a joke, but, like, the reason I kind of got out of eating Wardheads was I was like in like preschool, like maybe grade three. And I seen like a grade seven or eight where you're like, Oh, that's worldly. There's so much, they know more. And yeah. he's over at a fountain and I was just like, you okay, dude. And he was just like, don't stuff 
ate warheads in your mouth. Now, the, I'm, a, yeah, like, I'm, very, sure. I'm, like, I'm like, why would you? What is the point of it? <laughs> and then I realized later on, maybe two weeks later, it's a challenge. And I was yeah. like, you either really won that challenge, but who's really the winner here? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. You, were, you couldn't even taste anything for days after that. No. <laughs> like the, I, I always like the blue ones, but as time mm-hmm. caught up to me and my taste buds, uh, the purple one was always like purple. Uh, yeah, I didn't know there was a purple one. Yeah, there was like yeah, it was like I think it's like uh, I think it was like flavored grape. Like it was almost like if you're doing a, a stand-up routine on it, of like I don't know why you would. It's a good way to kill an audience. But it's like it's like you want to talk about warheads. It's like purple was the hardest flavor. Green was like okay, you're getting there, and yellow was like all right, you're a rookie. Here's yellow. Here's lemon. It's like <laughs> okay. Can you handle lemon? It's like I, I think I can handle lemon. Lemon was the sourest one. What? What did you think? Most sour. I I thought I thought lemon was like the most sour really? one. Maybe yeah. it's just me. Maybe I grew up with like a lot of sour keys and sour. Maybe oh yeah, sour keys too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's some good shit. Uh, and then I guess the last one I will <laughs> ask you is like, who would be the first person that you would do a a concert with? Like it could be dead, alive, hopefully alive. <laughs> I would like to do a concert with the corpse of Michael Jackson. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's always been a dream of mine to open and slash do a duet or write or something with Miranda Lambert. So it's pretty cliche, but I, I have to stick with, with what childhood Olivia would have wanted, and that would be Miranda Lambert. That's fair. I feel like to this day, if someone was like, hey, you get to interview Nick Carter or BTS, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, BTS could really take me over the moon in podcasting. But uh-huh. I'm going with Nick Carter. And then BTS would be like, biggest mistake of your life. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, sorry, you can come on yeah, next I guess, I guess I could choose like Beyonce and have like the entire world know who I am. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if her audience would love me all that much. Yeah, so. yeah. They, they just have like, you'd be like, who do you think you are? You think you're the next Beyonce? You're like, yeah, no, exactly. I'm, I'm literally just here because I wanted to perform with Beyonce. I made a wish. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Olivia Rose for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob Sang. Thanks for listening and good night. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. 
This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.